Hi everyone, my name is Cindy and I am Rest Impulse for Edith in California. And I'm grateful to be here tonight. Thank you so much for asking me to share my story. I have been in this program uh, for over 24 years and it has saved my life in multiple ways. Uh, I came to this program weighing 479 pounds and food was the only thing I ever thought of from the time I remember ever thinking. <laughs> I have memories as a child of things that I don't even remember happening, but my mom telling stories about how she would try and beg me as a very young child to stop eating, and I would just cry and throw tantrums and throw a fit, and I just wanted my food. From a very young age, food became the only thing that mattered to me, and I, you know, ate myself up, up, up until, um, you know, I almost died from this disease, and... When my older sister was getting into, you know, alcohol and, and um, boys and all those other things that normal teenagers got into, all I cared about was food. And from a very young age, I had a lot of mixed emotions about food, a lot of mixed signals from my family. They were always trying to force feed me and at the same time putting me on diets. And, um, you know, I would, like, go to my grandparents' house and they would get out the treadmill and they would take me someplace to play and then, me, and then uh, we would have to walk home and... From a very young age, I learned that I was not okay the way that I was, and my family tried everything to control my food and my food intake and my weight, and nothing worked because I just wanted my food more than anything. And, um, you know, when I was in seventh grade, I was bullied so bad that I dropped out of school, and um, food just became my best friend, you know. And I actually came into my very first Overeaters Anonymous meeting when I was 12 years old. I was forced into it by the school district. My mom took me out of public school and put me into an independent study program, which was very rare in those days. And, um, you know, I was told as a 12-year-old that I either had to go to an OA meeting or go back to public school. And, you know, I would have done anything not to have to go back to school and get abused again. So I went to a meeting and at 12 years old, I was nowhere near ready to accept anything or even understand anything that was going on in that meeting, but the secret client said, and I never forgot that there was a place called Overuse Anonymous. And, you know, after years and years and years of eating and getting more and more obese, um, I came back when I was ready, and, you know, the seed was planted, and I hated those women as a child for making me go to that meeting, and then years later as an adult, when I found this program, I, I kind of felt like they saved my life and my mom was my best friend and my eating buddy and um, you know from a very young age food just became my very best friend and my lover and my everything and um, when I was about 19 years old I almost drowned in the ocean I was sitting on the sand and a wave knocked me down and you know when you're over 400 pounds you can't just fly back up you know and I would try and position myself to try and get up and another one would knock me down and knock me down and knock me down. And I, I almost drowned until two men pulled me out. And I think back to that day and I think, you know, if I would have died on that day, you know, it would have been listed as a drowning, but it would have been the direct result of compulsory eating. When I was about 15 years old, my um, or 14, I think, my grandparents offered me $5,000 um, to get down to 200 pounds. By then I was over 400 pounds and... My sister remembers it as 10,000, but I remember it as five, but it doesn't really matter. As a 14-year-old, that was like $100,000, you know, and 
that became my very first taste of powerlessness because I wanted that money more than I wanted my next breath and I could not do it. I could not put down the food long enough um, to even go on a diet. And that's actually one of the ways that I knew that this program worked from the very first time I came back when I was 23 years old because I'm not a dieter. I know a lot of people in these rooms you know, have dieted their way up and down, up and down their whole life. I was never one of those people. That's just not my story. I could not stop eating long enough to lose any amount of weight ever. And I came into these rooms at my very top weight, which was 429 pounds. By then, I was still pretty young, so my weight hadn't yet taken a huge toll on me physically. But there was a lot that I couldn't do, even at that young age. And I had a heart palpitations, you know. And um, sometimes I would lay... Um, and then at night holding my chest, absolutely convinced that I was going to die of a heart attack. And I would, you know, pray and ask God to help me and, you know, pray that I would never do it again. And then the next day, as soon as the pain went away, so did my promises, you know. I am powerless to control this. And, um, you know, food was definitely a power greater than me. And I couldn't fit into cars, I couldn't fit into seatbelts, I never wanted to go out with anybody because I was terrified that they would make me wear a seatbelt and I would be ashamed and I would not go to amusement parks because I was so terrified that I would not fit into anything. You know, I've broken furniture, I've, I broke a um, sink in a public bathroom, I one time broke a toilet, an hour toilet that I flew down from um, in a puddle and that was the life that I lived so many years ago. And besides that, you know, I couldn't hold down relationships. I was in a bad relationship that I didn't even realize was was bad until years later when I got into a healthy one. Because it's like I talked about in the Big Bipper, our um, our life was the only normal one, and it was all that I knew, you know. And I was in and out of homeless shelters. I couldn't be a good parent to my daughter. You know, I was so face down the food that the food, this disease takes away everything for me you know it takes my morality my integrity you know any logic that I have um is gone you know I will do anything to get my next fix and no matter who I have to hurt or what I have to do I will leave my child you know sleeping in her crib or in a car you know I'm I'm incapable of making a good decision when I'm eating and um I came to my first my first meeting after um, the 12-year-old one, <laughs> when I was about 23, I came back and I um, I had just started a diet. That diet became my first abstinence and um, I lost weight immediately. I put down the food immediately. I was absent for about a year. I did this program to the best of my ability on my own, but I didn't let anybody in and I didn't know how to let anybody in. You know, my whole life I was like alone, you know. I was always different. I was different in so many different ways. And um, I didn't know how to not, I didn't know how to not be alone. You know, I didn't know how to let people in. And, and so I went to one meeting a week and I didn't open my mouth. I didn't get a sponsor. I bought all the literature because reading the literature is something that I can do by myself. And I worked the steps to the best of my ability. They're not the steps they were today, but they were some version of the steps you know, as I interpreted them on my own by just reading the literature. And it was enough until it wasn't, you know. And it was enough for about a year, and I lost over 100 pounds. I lost about 130 pounds in that year. 
and it just kind of blew off of me. And I, to this day, like, I believe that that was my higher power keeping me in these rooms because if I would have just, you know, came into these rooms and, like, never had any success, I, I probably would have just thought, well, this is just, like, all those other programs that don't work and left, and who knows if I would have ever made it back. But, you know, I knew that there was something special here that I've never found anywhere else because I have never in my entire life stopped eating long enough to lose any amount of weight. And it wasn't even about the weight, but I, I never in my entire life was able to put down the food and stop eating. And that was like such a miracle to me. And then I proceeded to read for a really, really long time. And I really, really believe that this program, me staying in these rooms, because the only thing I've ever did perfectly in this program is I never stopped coming back. And I really, truly believe that that's what kept me alive because it's, if I would have left, I would have gained, you know, 600 pounds and then finally died. And there's a reason that most people leave because it's very, very painful to stay in these rooms and still eat. But I knew this was all there was for me. I, I just knew it. And, you know, I always had a lot of abstinence, just not consecutively. You know, I had 30 days here and 60 days there, six months here. And, you know, and it was just so up and down. And at this point, you know, I was in my 30s and, being in your 20s and being in your 30s is a whole other world, and now I'm in my 40s, and it's like every every decade it just gets worse and worse on on my body, I think, you know, with the weight. And I got to the point where I had diabetes, high blood pressure, heart palpitations, um, you name it. Like, I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without getting really winded. And, um, you know, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I was married, and you know, I was treated as though I was like a knocked up 14-year-old, you know. The, the doctor was like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to have it? And, you know, she was talking to me about all the horrible things that could go wrong to me and the baby. And, like, that moment was, like, robbed for me. Like, this disease took that for me. And this disease has taken so many things from my life, you know, so many things that I will never get back. And I came into this program and I learned that food was never my problem, you know, lack of power is my problem and and by myself I can't do anything and I know this today and it doesn't even matter what I call this higher power um, whatever I call this higher power it just doesn't matter it just matters that I'm not doing it and there's a power outside of myself that is helping me every day and this program taught me that through the 12 steps I could transform my life you know because it was never about the food. Food is something that I learned to use as a very young child when other things weren't available to me. You know, maybe I would have got into, you know, drugs and sex and alcohol and all these other things that people get into, but food worked so well for me, you know, as a three-year-old, as a two-year-old, as a five-year-old, that I didn't have to get into all that other stuff. And the food worked and worked and worked and worked until one day it backfired and it almost killed me, you know, and... You know, I ate myself up to 479 pounds. My life was a mess. I could not hold down a job. I was in and out of homeless shelters with my daughter. You know, I was in awful relationships. I could not look the world in the eye. And I didn't really have a purpose in this world. And I've always felt different. And in this program, I'm not different. I'm the same, you know. And it blows my mind. Like, to this day, I can be sitting in a room full of my family members and I can feel like I'm separated from them and I can go into a room full of people in OA and it could be people I've never met and I feel like family. 
and that's the most beautiful thing. This program has given me a purpose in life and, and a joy in living that no one or nothing could ever take away, and it has nothing to do with outside circumstances, you know. And that's the beauty in this program. And there's been days that, you know, life is tough, and I don't want to get out of bed, but this program gives me a reason to get out of bed, you know, and I get to see people smiling, and I get to help other people. And and today, my life is so much different than it ever was before. You know, I have um, <clears throat> I have a really good job that I've had for 17 years, and someone like me does not keep a job for 17 years. Someone like me cannot go, you know, from my house to my car without completely overeating, without boxes, bars, and bags. And today, I just celebrated 10 years of absence in June. Um, I'm maintaining over a 240-pound weight loss in my top weight. And that is honestly the smallest gift that I've ever received. And I don't just say that because it sounds cool, you know. I say that because it's the truth, because there's so many other things that this program has given me, so many beautiful gifts, you know. I've been I've been in my house now for eight years. And, um, you know, at one point, my when I was living paycheck to paycheck and my rent was raised, and my first thought was, like, one of my first thoughts was, what a miracle that I've lived long enough in one place to have my rent raised, because that was not my story. My story was that I was in homeless shelters, I've lived in hotels, I've even, um, motels, I've even slept in my car, and I've broken leases multiple times. Like, I would jump from place to place to place, and that's how I lived my life when it was falling apart, like, so many, for so many years. That's the life that I knew, you know? And I used to walk around with my head held down because I was so afraid to look people in the eye because I didn't want people to look like that shame, you know, and and the terror in people's eyes because I was so big and, like, I didn't know how to communicate with people. And I was so full of anger. There was this man one time, I kid you not, that came up to me at a bus stop and said something like, I would hate to be married to you. You know, you are so, you look so angry. And this was a stranger. And that's the aura that I put out into the universe. You know, one time I got so drugged up on sugar that I got on the wrong bus and ended up lost for hours. Like, that's the kind of life that I live when I'm in this disease. And, you know, today I have a stable life. I have, you know, relationships and friendships. And, you know, I have a um, really good relationship with my daughter and, um, I have stability in my life, you know, and it's such a beautiful thing. And um, and I have a problem with this higher power sometimes, but it doesn't matter. I still continue to seek. You know, the big book talks about um, that God comes to all who earnestly seek. And it doesn't matter what I call God. You know, in for today, a, couple, a few days ago, I go to a meeting every morning that reads that and um, almost every morning and it's, we talked about like if we were if you were buried alive, like your first inclination would be to call out to whatever God is, and it wouldn't even matter what you called this God or this higher power. Like you would just reach out for a power greater than you, and that's how I feel like when I'm in the depths of despair, when I'm in the depths of this disease. you have five minutes left. Thank you. When I'm in the depths of this disease, like it doesn't matter what is out there, or even if I fully believe or not. Like, it's just, like, I know that there's something other than me, you know. And I've tried so many other programs before. This is the only program 
that's ever worked for me. And this is the only program that's based off of spiritual principles. And I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's a coincidence. And, um, and I've had a lot of, you know, life has been amazing and life has been horrible and just, you know, many, you know, just many different ups and downs, you know, and this program gets me through everything. You know, even if all I can do is just get out of bed, you know, and um, I recently saw this um, this um, quote that said something like, life is amazing, and then it's awful, then it's amazing again, then it's ordinary, then it's mundane, and, you know, we need to just relax and excel during the ordinary, and um, and then it's breathtakingly beautiful again, you know. And sometimes when it's ordinary, like, that's when I get bored, you know, because I want this great, exciting life. And somehow when I'm in the disease, like, it gives me this weird, like, adrenaline, even though it's awful things happening. I'm like an adrenaline junkie. I don't know how to live in the, like, you know, like the mundane, everyday, ordinary life. And um, it's been a really hard... Five minutes. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, it's been, you know, a really hard few months for me. Um, life has not been great. And, you know, this program still gives me um, so many gifts every day. And um, I have a life partner that um, we met. Um, we didn't really meet in OA, but we were both in OA at the time. And, um, you know, we were together for almost 15 years. And she actually just suddenly passed a couple, like, few months ago. And, um, you know, this, this has been one of the hardest times of my life. And I, I have not taken a compulsive bite, which is an absolute miracle. And, um, you know, people in this program did, like, a GoFundMe and, like, paid my rent so that I can be with her in the hospital or she was dying and spend time with her. And people have given me the most love that I've ever gotten in the past few months. That it just blows my mind, you know. And I'm almost out of time. I have a couple minutes left. I just want to read this really quick from for today, April 9th, August 19th. Someone read this at a meeting um, recently, and it really touched me. It says, the remedy of all blunders, the cure of blindness, the cure of crime is love. Ralph Waldo Emerson. All growth, all healing depends on love. Love is what God is all about. A loving God, as I understand God, does not preach or dictate or threaten. God is my backer, supportive of me, no matter what I do. God does not make deals, do this and I'll do that. God does not bully or punish or say, I told you so. God listens and accepts me as I am, loves me as I am. God doesn't give advice. God knows that learning comes only from experience. Experience I am not led to until I'm ready. For today, God's perfect love is mine anytime I'm willing to receive it. I let go of the God of my childhood and believe with all my heart in this God that brought me here and gave me new life. And sometimes when I don't know, what God is, and when I don't believe anymore, or when I think I don't believe, I just have to think of that, like, God is love, and I see that in the love that people have given me, especially the past few months, because sometimes I don't want to get out of bed, and I don't feel like there's much left in life, and people are like, what a miracle that you're not eating, that you're abstinent, and I'm like, you don't understand, like, it's not even an option for me because this program and all of you are the right spot in my life and sometimes the only joy that I feel is left. 
And that's what I mean when I say that there's a joy in my heart that no one or nothing can take away because it's not based on circumstances. When I'm in the disease, my life could be amazing and there's a sadness there that will never go away. And when I'm in recovery in this program and wrapped around you guys and around my higher power, there's a joy and a, and a love and a light that can never go away no matter what. I'm so grateful, you know, and my, my partner was also in these rooms and she was my greatest supporter and my greatest cheerleader. And um, I'm just so grateful that I don't have to be the witness and that there's hope. So I think that'll be my topic for tonight is hope, you know, we can have hope that good times and bad. And we don't have for anything ever again and we have each other. And um, thank you guys for letting me share my phone number. Is seven one four six five one one four three nine. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate it.